Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 566 for the 29th of October, 2017. This week, version 17.09 of Windows may already be on your computer. So let's consider how to find out and look at what's new. I'll also have some tips on how to get it if you don't have it, and for some users, how to avoid it for a while if you want to wait. A flurry of phony messages from Burger King, Donald Trump, Sam's Club, Walgreens, Amazon, and more all say they have gift certificates for me. In short circuits, a twofer from Consumers Union this week. First, the organization is asking for information from people who have suffered identity theft. And second, a series of six steps you can take to keep your private information private. In spare parts, only on the website, a new version of Snagit adds several useful features. And a middle school student in New York City won a 3D printer and 30 Raspberry Pi computers from Micro Center for his school. Windows 10 Fall Creators Update is on the way, or maybe it's already on your computer. There's an easy way to find out if it's there, so we'll look at that. And if not, maybe you'd like to know how to obtain it or avoid it. We'll check that too. And for everyone, let's see what's in it. First, you may already have it. That's easy to find out. Just open the control panel, click System, and then choose About from the menu in the left column. It's down at the bottom. Scroll down to the Windows Specifications, and if you see version 17.09, the Fall Creators Update has already been installed. That's what I see on my primary computer, a Lenovo Notebook, and on the Surface Pro 4. A second Lenovo Notebook is in the Windows Insider program, the Slow Ring, and that's what it displays too, because no new Slow Ring updates have yet been pushed out. I thought that all three of these computers updated without a problem, but that wasn't quite the case. More about that in a moment. The first thing I noticed is that the computers boot and shut down faster than in the past. In some cases, they're almost as fast as Linux machines. Windows has always taken longer to start and to shut down, and it's always been frustrating. One thing I've noticed, though, on the notebook that's in the slow ring is that when some other application is running and you don't respond to the message that says an application is blocking a shutdown or restart, Windows will abort the shutdown process and return to the start screen. Now that's a lot safer, but it's unexpected. I'll get used to it. You're probably wondering what's new. There's a lot that's new, but there are a lot of changes you won't even really notice unless they're pointed out to you. Pointing things out is my job. The HoloLens, which was announced with the initial version of Windows 10, is finally more of a reality. Headsets from Acer, Dell, HP, and Lenovo are available for less than $500 with bundled motion controllers. In other words, it's no longer just for NASA. Even so, most users probably won't care. So other than noting that the future is at hand, that's the extent of my HoloLens coverage. Well, almost so. Pornography merchants will certainly be all over virtual reality as the price of admission drops, 
and Microsoft's Photo app now supports 3D animations, so it will soon allow users to create videos with 3D objects. The Windows 10 Fall Creators Update adds the new Fluent interface, but in a limited way. Fluent is the update to the Metro or Modern interface. If you want to see it, just open the Calc application. Support is limited, and this can be a little bit confusing. Groove is also fully fluent. The control panel is not. In fact, the old-school control panel still exists. If you use Mail, you'll find that it still relies on Internet Explorer. There's better syncing now with Android and iOS devices. You can sync favorites between devices. History and tabs will follow. Microsoft wants to create a more complete cross-device synchronization procedure. That's still a work in process. Windows Defender has some new tricks, but only for Edge, and then only if you're running Windows 10 Enterprise. In other words, if you're a home user, you won't yet see Application Guard, which allows Edge to run tabs inside an isolated virtual machine. And even then, the protective aspect will be largely lost because Edge isn't exactly the most popular browser in use. And if you choose to use the feature, you can't have any extensions in Application Guard tabs. You also won't be able to save any files. So consider that another work in process. Microsoft continues to attempt to demystify OneDrive. You'll see placeholders that refer to files that are on OneDrive but not on your computer. Now that proved really confusing in the past when people saved files to OneDrive and then found they couldn't access them when they didn't have an Internet connection. For example, when they're on an airplane. Trying to open a file that's only on OneDrive will download the file if you have a network connection. Microsoft tried this in Windows 8.1 but botched the implementation. The earlier errors have apparently been fixed, but if your computer is offline, the file is still going to be inaccessible. If, when you check, you found that you do not yet have the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update and you want to get it, well, there's a way. If it hasn't yet been pushed to your computer, it could be months until it is. You can download the Windows 10 installation media from the Microsoft website. After downloading the file, you need to run it, and then you'll be offered an option to obtain a file for a thumb drive or an ISO file for a DVD. Now, although it would be reasonable to think that you'd need to boot from the thumb drive or DVD, that is not the case. Booting from the DVD or thumb drive offers only the option of wiping the drive and starting over. That is not what you want, at least not probably. Instead, start Windows normally, navigate to the media you created, and run the setup.exe file. The process will default to keeping all your existing applications, files, and settings while updating just the operating system. That's the option you want. Or maybe you just want to avoid it for a while, and there are some good reasons to do that. Any operating system update can cause problems, and this is the case for Windows more than for the Mac OS or Linux. In part, this is because Windows accepts nearly any kind of hardware or software you can install or plug in. But in some cases, it seems to happen simply because of a lack of testing. The Fall Creators update caused the camera in my Surface Pro 4 tablet to stop working, for example. I've been using Windows Hello for more than a year, and having the computer recognize my face instead of requiring a password has become a welcome option. Not having this feature is only a minor inconvenience, though, and I don't otherwise use the camera. So really, that's a minor problem, but not everyone is so lucky, though. 
Some users have reported that applications have disappeared following the update. There have, of course, been some problems reported with installing the update, but that's a problem that occurs every time there's a Windows update. Normally, that can be resolved by creating an installation disk, the one I described earlier, and using it to update the computer. I've also seen a driver compatibility problem that affects the screen on my Surface Pro 4, but the basic default driver still works, sort of. That's good because the troubleshooter application sees the problem but can't fix it. That one's a bit more problematic because the screen was blindingly bright and couldn't be adjusted. Now, there's a lot more to that story for me, and here it is. After a bit of analysis, I found that the camera wasn't even listed in the device manager, and the video driver, although it claimed to be the most recent version, wasn't working right. The update had been performed by the online updater, so I tried a manual update using that installation DVD I described. Following the second update, everything worked normally. This is an important point. Updates that are applied by a real-time download usually succeed. When they don't, the manual process often fixes whatever went wrong. The link to download the installer file from Microsoft is in the How to Get It Now If You Don't Have It section on the website. If you'd prefer to just stay on the sidelines for a while until the dust settles, you can delay the installation, at least if you're running Windows Pro, Enterprise, or Educational version. I described this in the April 9th, 2017 TechBiter program. There's a link to that program on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Home users should gain this ability once they've installed the Fall Creators Update, but you can't yet do it. If your computer already has the Fall Creators Update and it's creating enough problems that you simply want to get rid of it, the Windows Club has a really clear explanation of how to do that. But before going there, running a manual installation might solve any problems you have. I have a link to the Windows Club website on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Well, I have become quite popular recently. Burger King wants to give me a gift card. Donald Trump wants to give me a tax break. Sam's Club has been trying desperately to reach me. Kohl's and Walgreens both have gift cards for me. And Amazon wants me to have $100. Sam's Club got a surprise for you, the message said. And I'll bet they do. I don't want it, though. Whether the game involves planting malware or stealing my login credentials, I definitely don't want it. Note that the person who created this spammy scam forgot to capitalize club in Sam's Club. That's pretty much of a giveaway. You'll see an image on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Also, the construction of the sentence indicates that it was written by somebody who is not fluent in American English. I took a look behind the pretty graphics and found links to generalservice.club. This is a domain that's registered via a registrar named Namecheap to someone in Panama. Using a safe method to examine where the link would have taken me, I found an apology from a link shortening service. The target of the poisoned short link had already been taken down. Link shorteners such as goo.gl are useful because they can change a link that contains several hundred characters to one that requires typing only a dozen or so characters. 
You can use a service such as Check Short URL to show the true nature of a short link, but any shortened link in a commercial message or in a message from somebody you don't know should be considered to be dangerous. In fact, for more than a year, Forbes magazine has been urging businesses not to use link shorteners. In April 2016, a Forbes article said using the full URL promotes honesty, transparency, and good digital hygiene. Posting shortened URLs does the opposite. Twitter users often used link shorteners because of the character limits on their tweets, but all links on Twitter are now counted as 23 characters, regardless of their actual length. <sighs> the Internet can certainly be a dangerous place. Maybe every computer should come with a warning label. In short circuits, kind of a twofer this week from Consumers Union. First, identity theft. Has yours ever been stolen? That was the subject line of a message I received from Tim Marvin at Consumers Union, the company that publishes Consumer Reports. The message reminded me that the massive data breach at Equifax compromised sensitive information for nearly half of all U.S. consumers. As a result, millions of Americans are at risk for identity theft. Consumers Union is collecting stories from people who have had their identities stolen. Were you ever a victim of identity theft? Was your data compromised in the Equifax breach? Have you run into trouble trying to freeze your credit or fix an error on your credit report? If so, they'd like to hear from you. Marvin says that sharing stories about what happened to you is one of the best ways you can help Consumers Union explain problems affecting real people to policymakers, corporations, and news outlets. That, he says, is the first step to changing practices and policies that don't work for consumers. If you have a story to tell, visit the Consumers Union website. There's a link to do that on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Related to the previous item, Consumer Reports has put together a six-step program to protect your privacy. The article by Alan St. John describes things you can do in less than 30 minutes to safeguard your information. Marketers want your personal data, the article says, and they're willing to work hard to get it. The result can be a barrage of unsolicited mail, telemarketing calls, and pop-up ads. I had already done some of the things that St. John recommended, but others were new to me. You can read the full article on the Consumers Union website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. But let's take a quick look at what the article suggests. First, sign up for the National Do Not Call Registry. This will protect you from calls by legitimate telemarketers. It won't, however, keep scammers from calling you using phony phone numbers that look like local calls. But at least it will eliminate some of the annoyances. Second, eliminate pre-screened credit offers. 
The Consumer Credit Reporting Industry website allows you to opt out of mail solicitations for those pre-approved credit cards for five years. If you want to opt out permanently, you'll have to request a paper form and fill it out. Third, sign up for DMA Choice. DMA is the Direct Marketing Association, and its members, at least the smart ones, want to stop sending you catalogs if you don't want them. It'll cost you two bucks to register, but it's probably money well spent. Fourth, activate a FERPA opt-out to protect your children. That's one I hadn't heard of. The Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, FERPA, gives parents and students the right to keep a range of directory-style information private, such as the student's address, place of birth, and dates of attendance at school. All you have to do is request it. Fifth, try to opt out of information sharing by your bank. That one's a bit more complex, might require several actions, particularly if you deal with more than one bank. St. John's article describes the whole process. And sixth, tell Axiom to put a cork in it. Axiom knows a lot about you. You may not have ever heard of them, though. The problem is, a lot of what they know is wrong. For example, they think I'm a blue-collar worker, and they think I make $250,000 a year. Both of those are more than a little wrong. You can visit Axiom's website, find out what they think they know about you, and either correct the information or tell them to stop sharing your information. Alan St. John's article is well worth the time it takes you to read it, so check out the link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And while you're there, check out Spare Parts. That is, after all, the only place you'll find it. This week, a new version of Snagit adds several useful features, and a middle school student in New York City won a 3D printer and 30 Raspberry Pi computers from Micro Center for his school. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.